Hello and welcome back to The Graduate Teacher, a podcast for early career teachers by an early career teacher. My name is Chloe and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, This is episode two and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about my preparations for a new teaching year. And for me, this is my second year of teaching um, and I've learned a lot from my first year of teaching and I'm taking that reflection and putting that into my planning for this year. So I'm going to talk to you about um, that kind of process of how I go about planning, some of the things that I have done um, and uh, kind of thought about in order to plan and set up for the start of this year. And also I'm going to talk to you about how um, the, all the things that I've done in order to address some of those areas that um, I identified as somewhere I needed to improve on and to learn and grow in. So without further ado, let's get started. So I'm going to rewind a little bit and head into term four of 2021. Okay. So it's a very strange feeling and a very strange atmosphere in term four. Um, a lot of us are, um, we're still very much doing a little bit of teaching, kind of wrapping everything up, but there's a lot going on in term four. There are, um, there's graduations, there's performances, there's um, big giant masses and events that are happening. We've got reports and um, end of year tidy up and all that sort of stuff. But also at the same time, everyone, like leadership and everything, we're all, they're all starting to get organized and set up for um, the following year. So we're having to divvy up and make class lists for um uh, the the next year we're having to um, we've got new enrollments happening we have um, all of that like end of year data analysis and that, all that sort of stuff so you're very much uh, kind of in two minds during term four and you're very much really excited for the following year and you're very much keen to get started and planning into that to take all your reflections from that year all the things you're like oh I can't wait to do this differently or I'm going to change this and um, apply this um, and you're very eager to get started on that but you've, you've still got a lot of um, wrapping up to do in um, in the term four so it's a bit it's really strange kind of um, experience and everyone's the same all the, the, the teachers actually had a conversation with two teachers um, around the start of term four actually and we all very much were like I'm I'm just looking at term term one. I'm looking at next year at the moment. Like I'm I'm totally done with this year. Um. Uh. So by the by mid uh, term four towards the end of term four, I was already starting to get things together and organised for the following year. Um. Once the term had finished, um, it was a very very busy end to our term mainly because we had a lot of um, movement happen in our school. So we had a whole bunch of teachers leave for various different reasons. We had a a few um, on maternity leave and then we had a few that were leaving us to go on to different schools. But also in the staff that we had, um, there was a lot of movement there. We had a couple of teachers from 
well, one teacher from four or five um, go all the way back down into reception, um, which she was totally excited about. And then we had someone in two, three go down into reception two. And then we had um, some people who were in two, three go up to four, five. And I ended up with year threes, <laughs> which is not very different to what I started off with. So I had four fives last year. Um, but I'm super, super excited to have a straight year level with year threes. But I'm also very excited to have specifically year threes because I've always been drawn to their curriculum. All throughout university, I very much um, chose the year threes curriculum in order to do my assignments. Um, So it's also a really great age group. I always feel like I always saw year threes like that year, like that eight-year-old, nine-year-old age group as being um, quite independent, but also you could still do a lot of fun things like sing songs and all, like all that kind of like play-based sort of stuff as well. Um, so I was very, very, still am very, very excited to have year threes. The daunting thing about it is that it's the only year three class in the whole school. I have 28 students, which is a lot of little bodies <laughs> to fit in one little small classroom. Um, and it is a bit scary to be by myself, especially because this is only my second year out. But it all is also very, very exciting because as much as I enjoy working in a team, um, it's very nice to be able to have all these ideas and kind of follow through and test them out and try them without having to consult with other people and compromise in those sorts of ways. So um, that's really, really exciting. Um, so once the, the uh, pretty much our last day of school was very much moving classrooms. So because all of our staff were moving, moving in different year levels, it meant that all of our classrooms had to move with them. So, um, and that's not an easy task. Um, I mean, (laughs) for anyone who has never had to do this before, you might think, oh, I just got to pick up my stuff and put it into the new classroom. But no, it's definitely, um, a, a task that needs to be coordinated and organized with all the other teachers involved. So I had to wait for, my classroom that I was going into to start to be cleaned out and space made so then I could start moving my stuff into there. My classroom from last year became um, our kind of like nest, our well-being space. Um, so it wasn't a – it was becoming an empty classroom for things to be stuff um, kind of like dropped into in um, preparation to uh, like kind of allow other people to move their stuff into other places. So once I started moving things, which I started to do fairly early because I don't, I didn't want to be stuck moving everything all at once. So from about um, week seven, week seven or like week eight, I started getting students to um, take books home that we didn't need and work home. And then once we started finishing up on projects, I started to send students um, up with some stuff to put into my new classroom that we were no longer using. So by the time it come to the last day, it was pretty much just the bigger things that needed to be moved, plus a few things that we were using regularly, um, which made it um, really easy. Or like, but I just had to wait for space to be moved up. And um, then it was a chain reaction after that. It was a little chaotic, uh, lots of children ev- everywhere, cleaning furniture, moving furniture, um, but we got it done and um, it was pretty successful, I think. Um, anyway, so 
then once we have it all moved, we have to have all the furniture and stuff in the corner ready for the classrooms to be cleaned, carpet to be washed, all that sort of stuff. And lucky for us, our school booked in for the car- the carpets to be cleaned quite early. So they were booked in for Wednesday of the following week of that first week of the holidays, um, which was like three working days after school had finished, uh, which was really good. And so um, it allowed me to go in before Christmas in order to get that set up. And some of you might think, oh, you're, you're silly, you're ridiculous. Like, why didn't you just have a bit of a rest before you got everything organized? But the way that I kind of see it is if I have my um, physical space set up, then I feel a lot calmer and I can just do um, all the other things at home. I don't need to be in my classroom to plan um, all, the, all the learning stuff. And because I live half an hour from where I um, work and it's not like a city half an hour, like where you're like the distance isn't quite long, but like because of the traffic, it takes you half an hour to get there. It is country half an hour. Like you're driving through small towns and mainly just like empty farmland. Uh, (laughs) So it's not quite the same. And we often get, oh, it's not as bad. It's like it'd be no different if the city, it is very different than if you're in the city. Um, so I wanted that set up, ready to go. So I didn't have to go in until I needed to be in again in week zero or in that few days before just to get those last few things done. Um, and I was successful in doing that. I got it all set up. But the funny thing is I went in the day after. So the Thursday after the um, carpets were cleaned to set up my classroom. And I think I went in maybe two days again after that Friday and then maybe the Monday. And um, the when I went in on the Friday after I had initially set everything up, all my furniture was moved. And I realized that the carpets weren't actually done on the Wednesday when they were booked in, or at least not my um, or the upper primary building because there was a few teachers who were like me on the Thursday setting up the classrooms. All their furniture was the same. It was all moved. Um, And the floors looked like they had been cleaned. So I felt bad because I had like all this stuff set up in the way and they had to move it all in order to move um, in order to clean the carpets. But also at the same time, I was like, why, why weren't they done on the Wednesday when they were meant to be? So um, I got it all set up the way that I wanted it to. It took a little bit of a Tetris game to get all the furniture in the right place. So it um, looked open. um, So it wasn't so crowded and squishy um, because, you know, I, having 28 students, um, that's a lot of kids. It's fine if you're just going to do all like, like tables, but I like to have a floor space too, in order to do our discussions and our initial learning stuff. And then they go to their tables for like their, their collaborative work and independent work. So trying to get the right balance of that is a bit tricky. Um, and I'm at at the point, like if I get any more students, I, I think I'll have to probably, um, uh, lose my floor space, which is a bit sad, but, um, we got to do what we got to do, don't we? Anyway, so, um, I got it 
looking the way that I wanted it to. Um, and all set out, there's a few things like covering books and just a few like display things that had to be put up. But basically it's, um, it was, it was all set up, ready to go. So then I could just relax and have a bit of a break over, over Christmas and over New Year's. And I got to go to Adelaide for a little bit, which was really lovely. Um, especially because the, the restrictions were relaxing a little bit before they came crashing back down again, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, I was able to actually have a bit of a rest this time, unlike the previous year where I just was just too excited and too keen to, (laughs) to have a rest. Um, and so I was able to rejuvenate and kind of get some energy back up, which was nice. Then, um, starting, uh, I think maybe a week, week, maybe a week and a half before week zero, I started to then look at planning again. Uh, so I, uh, started off with the first two weeks of school and automatically I was like, this is not going to be anything like, um, normal curriculum stuff. It's going to be completely setting up for success. So, uh, beginning of the year, we look at, getting to know each other, expectations, routines, um, unpacking um, what it means to be in the classroom, what it means to be a class part of a classroom family, what it looks like, what it sounds like, all that sort of stuff, kind of getting them used to being in the classroom and how we are going to work with each other. Um, and that's where um, one of the learnings from last year um, come into play because last year I kind of just did all a little bit trying to keep up with the other classroom or like kind of rushed through it, touched it on at once and then never left it again. And that had a huge impact on how my class run throughout the whole year. Um, and it made it really, really difficult. So, um, from the get go, I was very determined to do a better job this year, to be more consistent, um, to stick to my guns and to, uh, believe that what I think is right is right and to actually do that. So um, what, and I wasn't going to pay attention to what is happening in any other classroom. I was purely going to be paying attention to my classroom and what it needs and what I need. Uh, so in order to do that, I actually um, looked at some PD in like behavior management and stuff. So I follow a teacher on Instagram and have for a few years and this teacher um, Instagram is called The Active Educator. I highly recommend her um, if you're not already following her. She is amazing. Uh, She's an American teacher but she just the way that she approaches her class her, uh, her classes um, each year, the way that she sets them up, the way that she interacts with them is just really inspiring and amazing. And I wanted to, um, that's how I wanted to be as a teacher and um, I wanted to learn from her. So she actually developed um, courses based on um, her approaches and her way of um, setting up a classroom. And one is called the Heart-Centered Management and the other one is called behavior management. So I signed up for both of those courses. I haven't touched the behavior management one yet, but all throughout the holidays, I focused on the heart-centered method. And it is such a great um, course and, and a, such a great method because it really focuses on that restoration, that um, relationship 
with the students and the teachers and students with students and, and really creating a really positive learning environment so that everyone can be successful. And I learned a lot. Um, I mean, when I say I learned a lot, I don't mean that the content wasn't new for me. Like I, I understood um, everything that she was saying and it wasn't like a, a huge like, oh, I didn't know that before. But it was just – it was nice to have someone break that down further into um, steps and chunks to unpack that even further to give examples um, and see it in practice and um, kind of kind of see how another teacher does it. Um, and that was the beneficial part of, of the whole thing was that it was so um, relevant, meaningful and practical. And the way that she designed it was um, – so handy um, and so easy to use. It was three modules and in each module there was several topics but each topic went for a maximum of 15 minutes. I mean I think there were even some that were like eight minutes long. So it was like like small chunks so you could just chip out away at it at your own pace. You don't have to sit down and complete the whole thing. You can pause and come back to it. You can re-watch. It will be there forever um, and it was just such a valuable, um, such a valuable experience and one that I will, uh, a resource that I will access forever because it was just um, so great, so great. Um, so, uh, for example, um, it, it, this course is all about setting up for success so that um, prevention all the things that you do in order to prevent um, behavior management issues um, and all about um, creating a positive classroom environment in order to make the learning successful. So um, she unpacked kind of step by step what you should be thinking about when setting up your classroom. And one of the things that we, um, that she kind of talked through was routines um, and she kind of gave an example of sort of the routines that she implements and it was all about every single routine that needs to be done, like from lining up, sitting on the floor, getting out our books, ruling up our books, going to the bathroom, every single thing that you're going to get the students to do, that is a routine and a procedure and that needs to be um, thought about um, intentionally and taught explicitly. And she kind of um, gave an example, unpacked that further, and then had an invitation to then explore that yourself. So create a list of all the procedures and routines that you will use in your classroom. And she doesn't do it in a way that you go, you should do it this way. These are the routines that you need. She just um, opens up your thinking more and then invites you to apply those like ideas and strategies to your own um, context. So your routines and procedures might be similar, but they also might differ a lot in what she does in her classroom. And especially because you might teach a completely different year level. She teaches receptions or whatever the um, American equivalent is. I teach year three. So our routines and what I need to teach at the start of the year are going to be like pretty different. They're going to be a lot of similarities, but a lot of it's going to be fairly different. And she's in an American context. I'm in an Australian, South Australian context. So even that's going to be different again. 
So it isn't, it isn't designed to be like, here's the manual teacher like this. It's more like here is the background information and the foundation knowledge. Then um, think about this and apply it to your teaching. And that's what's great about it. Um, so then you, once you have a list set out of your routines and your procedures, you then got to then focus on each little one and unpack that further and go, what steps, uh, does it require in order to successfully do this routine and do that for all of your routines? Because you've got to teach them explicitly to your students, unpack it, each little step, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. Um, look, look at modeling how to do it, how not to do it, get the students involved into practicing that, modeling that as well. Um, so all that stuff. And that was um, really, really uh, beneficial in my planning for setting, setting up for success. So once I had gone through that whole, or even throughout going, doing the professional development, I was doing those invitations I was I was as I was going and then applying that to my plan. So from my very first year of teaching, I had already all my uh, beginning of the year slides, um, they're saved and so I could come back to it and I just adjusted it and kind of tweaked it to match um, my new ideas and the way that I was going to approach this year. So I, I use Canva for everything. Canva is my savior. I love it. It is so creative. It's so beautiful. Um, but it's easy and it's like its own little cloud. It stores everything there for, for me too. And I just come back. I can duplicate um, slides. So I have Monday week one. And then all I have to do is duplicate that to, and then rename it Monday week two and just adjust that. So I'm not losing any of my previous slides or in or any of my work, I'm actually creating a bank of my resources for my whole year. So I um, created my first two weeks. Um, so every day for those first two weeks, I had slides prepared with all the lesson plans in it, all the resources embedded in it, ready to go. Um, so in order to do that, what I had to do was I made a giant list of everything that I wanted to um kind of go over with the students, the experiences that I wanted to do with the students. And then I sequence them in a logical sequence. So I had to think about what is the most important thing? What do they need to know first? Um, and then next after that, and then what are some of the things that can wait until a little bit later on? Um, and then I, once I had that logical sequence, then I started to put that together into the slides. Um, so for example, on the very first day, that first Monday morning of week one, when the students come in, I ask them to come sit on the floor and I introduce the first like 30 seconds. I just say, this is the slide that you'll see every day, every morning. And you need to look at the to-do part. And this tells you what you need to do in the morning. This is a reminder of our morning routine. But I don't explain the morning routine yet because that isn't as important yet because um, they've just come in. Um, from um, being outside and the most important thing that they need to know right now is that the, the next step. So the role um, and um, my teacher zone and I'll explain that in a second and then the ready single. Those are the three most important things I was like they need to know how to do this because of the this if they don't know this the whole everything else that I'm trying to do from now on is going to be difficult because they don't understand what it should look like or sound like when we're doing these things. 
So after 30 seconds, just kind of looking at that slide a little bit, I don't unpack it too much um, because I'll do that later on in the day when I talk about the morning routine. Um, What I do is I jump on to explaining how we do the role. Um, For me in my classroom, I like to use the role as a kind of um, relationship building moment a um, way to get to know the students a little bit more and a way for the students to get to know me a little bit more. And the way that I do that is instead of just saying their name and asking them to say good morning or hello or here, I get them to respond to a question. So every day I have a new role question and whenever they hear their name, instead of saying good morning or here, they just respond to that question, um, give me their answer to the question. So the very first question on Monday of week one is what is your favorite color? And I might say, um, good morning, Lawson. And Lawson will say his favorite color, which might be blue. And it's simple. And I explained that when we're doing this, um, we've got to, we listen to the question and then we think about it in our heads. We don't share it with the people next to us. We don't say it out loud. We just keep it in our heads and we, we wait till our name is called, called in order to then share our response. Um, and we just talk about how that is just respectful and why we do it that way. Um, and then at the very end, I then give my answer to the question. Following introducing the role question, I then talk about my teacher zone. My teacher zone is this little strip in front of the whiteboards and the screen where it is for teachers only. And I, I make it a little fun. I make it kind of like my um, my runway, I strut down, up, uh, down, out. We have a little bit of a laugh. I say, um, this is the teacher zone. Point to your teacher. Who is your teacher? Um, and we make it kind of interactive instead of me just talking at them. And then I explain the I do, you do, we do lights because they go hand in hand with the teacher zone. So when I'm in my teacher zone, I've got my I do light on. That means our voices are at a zero. We've got our eyes on the speaker. We've got our voices off. We're not blurting. We're raising a quiet hand. But I explain that my teacher zone is where I do my best teaching. This is where it's the most important for you guys to be paying attention to listening. This is where our growth happens. Um, Our learning happens and then we go off and grow and apply that outside of that when we've got our we do light on. That means we're collaborating. We are sharing ideas with each other. We are discussing it further. We are working together as a team. And then we've got our you do light off. That is individual, independent work. means that you're at your tables, you're doing your work um, by yourself. Then we talk about ready signals. So this is the attention grabbers, the things that we do um, in order to um, get students' attention um, and to pass on instruction. So for example, I introduce a couple. I introduce my peace signal, which is um, my little two fingers up in the peace sign. Um, and the students do that. And I'll be like, show me peace. And I might count down from 10 or five. And they know that once I hit zero, that they've got to be showing me peace. They've got to be looking at the speaker. They've got to be, have their voices off. They've got to be um, sitting still or standing still wherever they are. They don't have anything in their hands and they're waiting for the next instructions. instructions. They're showing me that they're ready to learn, ready for the next step. And then I talk about, oh, we practice that a few times. I introduce another one. Um, we go, I might call out, all right, stop. 
and the students re- respond with collaborate and listen and they cross their arms, they freeze, they look at the teacher, they don't have anything in their hands because they've got to cross their arms and they wait for the instructions and they don't move or speak until the instructions are finished and we practice that a few times. They We do it like... We do it as like a fun game where they like um, move around the classroom and they're off doing their own thing and then I call out one of the attention grabbers and they've got to show me how to do that um, immediately. So those are some of the first things that we cover in um, the first day. Uh, So it's like once we do those things, it sets us up for a lot of success throughout doing the rest of the things. And it, that isn't the only time that we touch on that and we practice that. We do that over the, the those two weeks and uh, gradually I do it less and less as I start to see them get more confident in doing that. But that is something different to what I did last year. Last year I touched on it once and I just, uh, I just rushed into everything else and made the assumption that once we practice it that day, they would have it for the rest of the year. And that was, I was so wrong. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's actually, it's funny because it's not like I knew that's how it was. I was just so pressured to just keep moving that I didn't stop. Um, even when I knew I had to, I didn't stop to then reinforce that and be consistent with those and actually make it so it was second nature for them rather than doing it the way that I did it. So that was something that I was very conscious about this year. Um, going into it was very much like I am going to practice it every single day, multiple times throughout the day. And even when they get competent throughout the year, we are going to revise this because I know that sometimes we can get complacent. We can get caught up in all the things that are happening. And just like adults, students forget, okay? They get caught up in everything, in their emotions, in what's happening at school, at home. Um, So we all need a refresher every now and then. Sometimes we might need to jazz it up and put in a new attention grabber or something like that. So I know that's something I'm going to need to do throughout the year as well and I'm happy to be able to do that and I'm not going to focus on what everybody else is doing in every other classroom. I'm going to be focusing on what I'm doing in my classroom and what my students need and what I need. Um, and that like <laughs> – so that whole behaviour management stuff – is something really, really big. If you listen to my very first podcast, um, you know that I had um, my my principal turn me and say that last year, the way that she viewed my classroom was that the students were in charge. And if that's the way that my principal was seeing it and like I was kind of feeling that way, I felt like I wasn't able to um, kind of keep control of some of my students in a way. Um, I knew that there was uh, a lot for me to learn and I know like that's, that's okay because behavior management is, um, a skill that you pick up over time as well as it's not something that, um, makes you a, a completely bad teacher. It's just something that, um, I need to learn and grow on and I know what I need to do. It's just doing it. So, <laughs> Um, I, because, because of that, I made a conscious effort with the whole PD and thinking about it really critically and in depth. Um, and I thought I was feeling pretty good about it until <laughs> I started having, um, nightmares about the first day of school. And from that, I knew that, um, there was a lot of stress on me to get this right. Um, and I had to take a little bit of a, a step back and kind of um, relax once that started happening because I knew that it was um, a big deal for me. 
I was having dreams where I would, I had set up my classroom and I came in on the first day and my whole classroom was destroyed. The teachers had taken furniture out of my classroom, put random furniture into my classroom and then so it was a whole mess. Everything was everywhere and then the bell went and I had a, a flood of students come in, like a whole bunch of students come in that were just crazy running around everywhere and I finally got them on the floor but then I had uh, a couple of students that were just like off the chart, like totally crazy and like I was trying to um, set up, do like what I had planned, like my teacher zone and everything, but they like, there was just like these huge behaviors happening, like um, calling out and crying and um, kind of like jumping and rolling around or running and inside. And then I like tried to get a student to like sit down and calm down, like I had hidden, hidden under um, a, like a cupboard or something. And then was trying to put like one of those push, one of those push pins into my head. So then I like tried to write a note um on a piece of paper but I had to like redo that because for some reason in my dream I couldn't like write properly write neatly finally I got that and I sent a student to go send that off to my principal and then I left I got in the car and I drove home and my principal rang (laughs) and I was just on the phone in tears like this is just ridiculous if like people had done that like done that to my classroom somebody should have let me know so I could come in and set it up so it was all ready to go and like I just I couldn't get a handle on it and it was just terrifying my that dream that was the first one that I had it was just uh terrifying and I was just like oh my gosh I like this is definitely a bigger deal for me than I thought it was Uh, um yeah so (laughs) um that's probably why I've um kind of put so much effort into it because I just knew it was important but for me it just felt um even more important than than maybe it is for everybody else, a little bit more pressure, maybe not important, but I felt a little bit more pressure to get it right this year. Anyway, so um, once I was happy with that um, and confident that I was like, okay, I've got that planned. All I now, all I need to do now is just implement it, implement it and be consistent with it. Then I moved on to all the other planning stuff. Um, so I don't need a plan for like grammar and punctuation and stuff because we do the Jolly Grammar program. So all I have to do is just follow that each week and just go, okay, week one, um, week three, I'm going to start um, with spelling list one, that sort of stuff. So that I didn't need to worry about is just knowing knowing the, the progression of that. Um, I thought about then doing reading and math next, but I knew that the school is still focusing on reading and that we were going to have a few pity. So I left that aside. I did analyze, um, my class's data. So I looked at their PAT, their NAPLAN and kind of, um, decoded that and wrote a list of the areas that they need some support in, some more learning in. So I have that, had that ready to go. Um, to just find um, kind of organise the activities. And I knew the structure of it. I knew I wanted to follow the cafe structure and have Monday as comprehension focus um, and then have Tuesday as accuracy, Thursday as fluency and then Friday as expanding vocabulary. And each strategy that we would learn in our reading would be all on the same text. So we have a mentor text for that week. So I knew, I knew the structure and I knew the areas that I would need to target. I just I wasn't ready in to plan um, 
the actual lessons yet just in case I learned something that I needed to change in my lesson. So I left that to the side. Um, and same with math. I knew the structure of it. I knew what I needed to do. I unpacked the curriculum. I was like, I coordinated it. So I knew which um, topics I was going to cover in each term. And I just left that aside so that once I actually got to know my students a little bit more um, and do the first PT test, then I would start planning it. Because for, for me, the math rotations, that's how I do math in my classroom, is something that I've got to plan um, weekly, um, each week, which is a lot of work. Um, but I think it's beneficial for students. I can actually differentiate a little bit easier um, and cater to individual students' needs as well. So the first thing I actually did plan in terms of learning and content wise was like inquiry. And for me, inquiry encompasses um, um, all the other curriculum areas. So HASS, um, visual arts, all that sort of stuff, technologies. Um, so I, what I did was I looked at the curriculum and I kind of uh, figured out what the themes are for each of the terms and then um, I started to plan that first term. So for term one, I decided that looking at rules and communities and democracy would fit really well into setting up for success. I think I thought it would complement what we'd be doing and it wouldn't seem so choppy. It would seem like really flowy and complementary of each other and um, each lesson, even though it expended on it in different ways, it would reinforce the same kind of ideas. So what I did was I jumped onto Inquisitive and found one of their units and just picked out um, a um, like a lesson for each one of those topics. So one on democracy, one on rules, and then one on community. And then after those three lessons, it would be um, guiding them through an inquiry project of their choice based on that theme of democracy, rules, and communities. And like each week there's like three inquiry lessons. Um, one would be on an inquiry skill where we, um, where I kind of teach them skills in order to complete a inquiry project successfully. So like how to write a open-ended inquiry question and then there would be some like practical time for that and then there would be another lesson where they would be purely working on their project and then another lesson that would be kind of incorporating all the other learning areas like visual arts. So um, I only planned that little bit of it so that um, it could then open it up to student interest and be a little bit more engaging but even then, I'm like reflecting on that now, I think I still need to back off on that even further and start off the term by asking, um, getting more of a co-construction happening, having that theme, but not touching anything and getting um, kind of like student input from the start because we don't really have very long. Um, and for me, this term, it seems even shorter because of the way that we started with remote learning. Um, so I just... I know that for next term, I will start off my inquiry different again. But um, then I connected it to um, visual arts um, and I decided that it would be fun to look at portraiture, to look at self, ourselves and getting to know each other. But also it, for me, I made that connection with like the portraits of um, the Prime Ministers of Australia. So um, that is, I planned all those sequences there so that it would kind of link in together. And I think that's really important to make it more meaningful for students is to make it all 
flow and connect and really um, get students to see the relevance within different topics. Um, so I had all that like planned, including like well-being and what it would look like in religion and stuff. And then uh, a couple of days before week zero, we got the news that um, year threes to year um, or twos actually, year twos to sixes would be starting the year on online and with remote learning. Our school, because we've got um, one, two classes, the year twos uh, were allowed to join the R1s face-to-face on the first day. But unfortunately, my class was amongst the ones who had to remain um, learning online. And to be completely honest, that decision that was made um, by the government um, made me really furious. Like I was really frustrated by that. Um, I <laughs> like made me see red. Like <laughs> I was, um, I just couldn't get over the fact that um, they made that decision. Like I understood that it was f- like for the safety and to like decrease the amount of spread and whatever. But I also couldn't see logic in that because I knew, like I, I knew what was, I could see what would happen after that um, two weeks of remote learning, we would, everyone would be at school and then it would still be spreading. Um, it was just delaying that process and then dif- disadvantage. I just felt like it was disadvantage, disadvantaging all those students that had to be online and weren't um, getting the, um, the start to a term that other people were getting, that connection building with their teachers, that setting up for success, that building of a classroom, positive classroom environment. And like we were just expected to teach our kids online um, without that relationship built to start off with. And I just, um, that made me really angry. Um, But my, um, the leadership at my school um, decided that we would collaborate as a three to six team. And instead of creating individual lesson plans, um, we would work as a team to create um, a lesson, like lesson plans for each of the, um, for all of the year levels, but we would just um, differentiate it and cater it to our our individual st- classes. So the reason why that we decided to kind of collaborate was we had lots of families that had um, children in multiple year levels and the feedback that we got last year from the last remote learning was that um, parents and uh, like families and students were getting very overwhelmed because they would have a student in year three with one activity and then a student in year five with a completely different activity and trying to support those two um, children was very difficult for everyone to manage. So in order to make the whole process a little bit easier for everybody, including the teachers, minimise the workload, Um, what we did was we sat down. So for like math, for example, we would go, okay, um, on this particular day, we'll do a number of the day. Um, And so the activity was the same, but our numbers that we gave were a little bit different. The maybe um, the amount of skills that they would um, demonstrate with that number were a little bit different depending on the year level and the things that we assumed they knew already from um, all their previous schooling. Um, and I think that we, I, we all thought that was really successful. We worked really well as a team. By the time that remote learning started, we had everything organized. We did everything on Seesaw. So we uploaded it as, assigned it as an activity. 
and we divvied it all up so that I um, did a handful of them, somebody else did another handful of them and so on and we would create them, then share them to the library and then all the other teachers, all ha- they had to do was save it to their, li- um, to their library, change it if they needed to and then assign it to their own class. Um, so that was successful. So by the time we, the remote learning started, it was all re- there ready to go. We just had to si- assign the activities for that day go in and then film our um, our morning messages for that day too. So everything else was done and we just had to monitor it. So as much as that was a really, really sucky way to start off the year and I was like the whole time I was like, I don't know, like how is, how is this going to impact on the rest of the year? Am I going to just then start from my week three planning when we start in week three or am I going to treat it as the very start of my year? Um but um, it was just something that we had to do because it was the decision that was made for us and we did it the best that we could. Um, it was actually ended up being a um, successful experience because we learned a lot about our students' um, knowledge from those things as much as it sucked that um, I couldn't start off the year that the way that I wanted it to. I took um, Monday week three as our very first day of school and kind of went on for my planning there because I knew I didn't want to sacrifice that setting up for success just purely because I didn't want to be cha- because I didn't want to be behind in the learning per se. Um, but I knew that if I didn't do the setup setting up for success, I would not. Um, I would just be making the year harder for me and for the students as well. So that is how I went about um, planning for this year and how I how um, as <laughs> as teachers um, we things pop up get in the way and we have to adapt our planning to suit. But it's important for you to think about um, what you think is important and um, go with the flow. Be flexible, but also think about what's in, what your students need and what you need as well. But that's that's it thank you so much for joining me here today um at any point that um you think oh um I would really like for to know a little bit more about this or can you explain this further or could you tell us about something specific maybe you have um a topic or an area that you would like to know more on or um hear my experiences with please feel free to share Um, whether you kind of comment that below or whether you head over to my Instagram, The Graduate Teacher, and send me a a message. Um, I'd be very happy to hear your suggestions for that. Um, But thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, Hit that subscribe and notification button so you um, follow me along in this journey. And head over to my Instagram to see behind the scenes videos and photos and things like that. So you know what's happening in the classroom as well. And I shall talk to you later.